I started last week uh, talking about having a right. Um, you know, we hear that word a lot used. Uh, of course, our nation is famous for what we commonly call the Bill of Rights. And, you know, we have this right. We have a right to, uh, you know, uh, free speech. We have a right to assembly. We have a right. And um, those rights are protected by the government. And we know that um, when someone gives you a right, by definition, they can take it away, I guess, if they give you a right to something. I guess they have the capability of saying, you no longer have that right, or we're going to remove that right. But um, ironically, that phrase, that turn of phrase, is used in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, the 21st chapter, when it was a prophecy about uh, the uh, old in the Old Testament, the sins of Jerusalem and and how that the Lord was sending uh, the uh, prophet. Uh, they were going to judge the wickedness of the nation. And uh, in Ezekiel, the 21st chapter, the 25th through the 27th verses, it says, And thou profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come, when iniquity shall have an end, Thus saith the Lord God, remove the diadem. Now, why that is important is because earlier in the word of the Lord, actually all the way back in Genesis, the 49th chapter, the, the word of the Lord had said to Judah that the scepter should not depart from that lineage and later it became that promise that David had that there would always be someone of the lineage of David sitting on the throne. Now the word of the Lord removes it. Thus saith the Lord God, remove the diadem, take off the crown. This is because of the wickedness of Zedekiah. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will, three times says the word, I will overturn, overturn, overturn. It's kind of like when the Bible uses the phrase, woe, woe, woe unto them. Anytime you see the Bible going into that, it is like just a, sledgehammer driving that word home. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more. And then it uses this phrase, important phrase, until he come whose right it is, and I will give it him. So that phrase in the 27th verse is a word about the Messiah and about the coming of the Lord. And we would say we recognize that in fact Jesus fulfilled that place of uh, being, you know, the one who was to take 
of the crown who was to take charge, who was to take uh, and control um, all of the, uh, uh, retake the throne, retake the diadem, retake uh, some of those uh, areas. And we went and we looked at uh, uh, Hebrews and we looked at Psalms and we looked at Psalms 126 because it was a reversal. It was things that would be done again. And then uh, what Jesus said about some of these things. When, when he would say things like, you know, um, you can be uh, transformed. You can rather, if you continue in my word, the truth shall make, you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Make you free. And so when we, re we realize that Jesus received that divine right of being the heir, he, that, and what's so powerful is that right was passed on to us. When you open the book of Matthew, it goes through the lineage to prove that Jesus was of the lineage of David, of Abraham. And so now he was, re, he was assuming that powerful role. As a matter of fact, Hebrews, the first chapter, opens up when, when Paul writes Hebrews 1 and 1, he says, and the, and the second verse, he said, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed, powerful word, by whom he hath appointed what? Heir. Everybody say heir. Heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now you say, well, why is that important? Because if Christ was the heir, if you want to say he received all of these promises, then we who have believed on the Lord, accepted the Lord, been buried in his name, repented of our sins, received his spirit, we become born again. We become the heir of, of Jesus. That's why Paul in Galatians, the fourth chapter, and the sixth verse says, and Galatians 4 and verse 6 and 7, it says, and because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. That's why we tell people, you, you know, this is the greatest gift at all because you're being born again of water and of the Spirit. It's not enough to just say, I know about him. It's you want to be born again into the family. I mean, you, you may know the Trump family. You may know the Biden family. You may know the Shostrand family. But it's a whole different ballgame if you say, I was born into that family. By water and spirit. How are you born into a family? By spirit. When that baby is born, 
and the water breaks and that baby comes out and they take that first breath. They go, this is it. This is a Trump. This is a Biden. This is a show strand. You see what I'm saying? And so by the same token, we who are born, that's why he said, I sit forth a spirit whereby you can cry, Abba, Father. And then he goes in verse 7, you are no more a servant, but you are now a son. And, and uh, that next verse, and if a son, then you are, what's that powerful word there that he used? An heir of God through Christ. Now, that's very different than other families. You can have a child and feel like they're illegitimate. They weren't, they're not really mine, or I don't like the mother, I don't like the father, and you can try to disown them. (laughs) But if they can prove they're a rightful heir, they can take, contest a will. They can, you know, in fact, if you talk to an attorney, they would say, well, make sure you mention all of your heirs in your will. (laughs) Because if you leave one out, that's why you'll see, you know, celebrities that, uh, you know, have left a large inheritance people come out of the woodwork after they die say well you know hey I'm an heir I, oh yeah he I, I, that's my daddy <laughs> some of us are not going to be lined up to come out of the woodwork for because there's nothing there but, but if you've got a big estate you know they're ready for it but guess what we are no longer a servant but a son and we are the children of God. This is not the only place. Romans the 8th chapter and the 16th verse and the 17th verse. Romans 8, 16 and 17 was another place where Paul told the people in Rome. Romans 8th chapter, the 16th verse. The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And then the next verse goes on to say, and if children, then we are what? Heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's a whole powerful statement because when Jesus came out of the tomb and he saw Mary, what did he say? He said, Mary, I go to my father and your father. I go to my God and your God. So immediately uh, Jesus was exalting Mary to a place where she would be a joint heir with Christ. Now, if so, we suffer with him, we may also be glorified. Now, why is that so you say, well, why, why are you talking about uh, a right and, and all of that? Well, because, you know, uh, 
And, and I talked last week that, you know, what Isaiah said, that he has the right to judge the world. Unto us the son is given, born, and a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And I mentioned Psalms, the 72nd chapter, and Psalms, the 110th chapter. And whenever we read what was said in Luke, the first chapter, when the angel spoke to Mary, he said, and Luke 1 and 30, he said, Fear not, you found favor with the Lord. And verse 32, they shall, well, verse 31 in the first chapter of Luke, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he shall be great and called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father. David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So when you begin to understand that when Paul told the church in Galatia in the fourth chapter in the 19th verse, he told them, in Galatians 4, 19, he said, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And so that's what's going on. And that's the struggle. The Bible talks about this war between the flesh and the spirit because truthfully, you know, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much uh, most wills and I, most provisions say we don't give it to children until they reach 18, 21, right? You don't say, oh, I'm going to leave all my stuff to a two-month-old baby. Now, I know people leave, leave crazy things anyway. You know, I'm going to leave it all to my cat or my dog or my horse. And, but somebody has got to be in charge. Unfortunately, your cat can't go to the bank and say, hey, I need some food. So the idea is that we want to be an heir. We need to assume our rightful place. And what, why that verse is so important is if you go back to the first verse of that chapter, Galatians 4 verse 1, Paul is explaining why uh, you've got to grow up. He said, now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage, under the elements of the world. But when the fullness, powerful word, when the completion 
of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive what? The adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, what? Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, so what is it that happens? The Lord gives us um, milk, bottle, gives us things to help us, tutors, to help us grow and develop. And those of you that have had children know that as a child, even as a 12-week-old little baby. We have one around our house now. They don't always know what's best for them. Give her an ounce of food. Oh, we need to burp. Let me take this bottle out. Okay, let's burp. Ida says, okay, I'll be patient when I have a little. How do you think she acts? Ah! What? No more food? You can imagine her mind is racing. You're just going to give me one ounce? I want the whole bottle. I want it now. I don't care. I promise this time I won't throw up. So I'll, okay, well, I'll give you another ounce. And then we'll be friends, okay? Then you'll stop. Does it work? We've got some school teachers in here, and we have children that are downstairs and we have parents next door they will tell you that their children are always compliant and always do and receive and right no you want the truth no even at a young age they believe they know what's best <laughs> 12 weeks they'll tell you oh no I want the rest of that bottle now. I don't want to wait. And Paul tried to explain this in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. He explained Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. You can start. 
he said, now he that ascended, what is it but he that also descended into the lower parts of the earth? Now, that's an important phrase, and, and I'll, I'll come back to that because a lot of people believe that the Lord had to go down into hell and fight a battle and wrestle the keys and I get all that. Let me just tell you, he, he didn't really have to fight when he went down there. Okay? He was the king. He just claimed him. He basically announced, I'm here. And he took him. There was no, the Lord is struggling. And boy, he, you know, barely whipped the devil and all of his imps. Uh-uh. He just went down, got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and said, what? You're no longer in charge of that. I'm in charge. Wow. Okay. He that descended is the same that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some mamas, bottles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. Verse 12, for what? The perfecting of the saints. Actually, that word perfecting doesn't mean making you perfect. It means maturing of the saints. The growing up for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the, the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we be henceforth no more what? because we have a tendency to think we know what's best for us We have a wonderful little story of our oldest daughter when she was five years old, some about that age, saying, I don't need this. I don't need it. She was getting some kind of a discipline or something. And we heard that and our jaw dropped. What do you mean? You, you know what's best? Not any of us have ever been guilty of that. Of saying, Lord, I don't know why I'm going through this. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem fair. This doesn't seem, you know what all I've done. You know how I've been. I know we haven't done that, but there's a maturing process. He goes, he said, that you're no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth where? And love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together 
and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What are you saying? People of God ought to be the most loving, the most kind, the most considerate, the most forgiving. Huh? Oh, pastor. If you had to work with them, if you had to know what I know, if you had to deal with that, you don't know how. I think we survived the week of the Sweet Corn Festival. I think everybody still loves one another, but if you don't grow up, be careful. What are you saying? This is part of our growth. You see, what these early church writers, Paul and so forth, recognized was that these Old Testament prophecies were being, had been completed in Christ. In fact, a few weeks ago, I talked about Habakkuk. Habakkuk, the second chapter and the third verse. If you, if you remember, we talked about Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, because it goes into verse 4, which is by faith. But, but look here at the third verse, because it's, it's important. It says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, everybody say that next word. It, say that word. It shall speak and not lie. For though, everybody say it, it, Terry, wait for it. Because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Paul quoted part of that verse in Hebrews, the 10th chapter and the 37th verse. And he made a, a kind of an important change. He says, for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So the it of the Old Testament became the he of the New Testament. Isaiah put it as him or he, Isaiah 52 and verse 7, Isaiah said, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. When Paul quoted Isaiah in Romans the 10th chapter and the 15th verse, he said, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them. Now, the Old Testament said him. Did Paul not know the Old Testament? Did he misquote the Old Testament? Or did he realize that was talking about the he 
and that now we are part of him. We are heirs with him, joint heir. Oh, so when you realize that you go, you go through, and, and when you read what Jesus said in Matthew, when he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, and then you realize that, well, you know what? That means that when Jesus died on Calvary, the devil was defeated. So, well, and I know I've, I've felt at times like, man, I'm battling the devil. I'm fighting the devil. I'm fighting the devil. The devil has been defeated, folks. And you say, well, why? Well, most of the time I'm fighting my flesh. Oh, I know the devil can use a lot of things. And I, I've had people say, well, you know, well, let me let me explain. Let me show you. Paul wrote in Hebrews the second chapter in the ninth verse, second, Hebrews two verse nine. He said, "But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with what? Glory. Everybody say glory, and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste." death this is why we have no fear of death you say well people die people have died died in COVID oh, you know, that's terrible I, I agree but yet at the same time it's life and life more as a child of God next verse the 10th verse of that same chapter for it became him of whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what I'm going through. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, we like the verse that says, He that began a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. But I don't like him giving me medicine every once in a while. I don't need to burp right now. I know what's best for me. I don't need to. Huh? Well, if he would just explain it. that But, you know, when you realize The devil, as I said, was defeated, and yet we give place to him. 
That's why in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, in the 27th verse, 26th verse, it says, Be angry and sin not, neither give. Ephesians 4, 26, because I'm still human enough that I can get angry. Probably not you all. I can get angry at somebody and somebody in a car that I don't know can make me angry. They can cut me off. They can flip me off. They can, huh? No. I don't even know them. Probably never see them again the rest of my life. And I can have a bad day over it. Y'all are probably not that way. Never say a word to me. Give me a look. Next verse, 27th verse, Ephesians 4th chapter. Neither give. Why? Because you have to give it. Let me go back to the first chapter of, of this book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1 and verse 18. Because Paul was trying to explain to them, I wish I could get you to open your eyes that you would know what is the hope of his calling. He called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. He wants you to reign with him. Now, just to give you a... I guess maybe a, a fighting illustration. If I'm going to fight somebody, you know, pick anybody, and they come in and they're laying on the mat and I put my foot on their neck, is this going to be a tough battle? Maybe, you know, if he gets up, yeah. But if I've got him on the ground with my foot on his neck, do I go, oh, I'm scared of this guy. And where are all those principalities and powers and all they are under? Where? His feet. And if he's the head and we're the body, then the feet are the bottom thing. And if I, the, the lowest of the low is above the devil. He said, I wish that you could understand the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Go ahead, next verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but in the world to come and hath put all things under his and gave him to be the head 
over all things to the church. One more verse. Which is his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. What are you saying? I'm saying if we believe that Jesus has the right to speak to the devil. I, I want to tell you something. When you really study it, for three and a half years, according to the Bible, Jesus came here and gave the devil fits. People that were bound, kids that were controlled, yeah. demoniacs that were... Just watch. I'll go over there. I, oh, I, I, just to show you, I can even go to Samaria. Huh? This wasn't a contest. He just, he, he, he. But now, what about this verse here, Pastor? First Peter 5 and verse 8. First Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because Jesus is adversary. He can't pick on Jesus. He cannot pick on Jesus. So the key is, if I stay in him, then he can't. That's why there is a little verse that's about your life is hid with him. Notice what this says. Because your, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about finding people to pick off. What does it say? Looking. He's looking. He's looking. Can I get something that will get you mad enough that you'll give place to the devil? Can I get something that will frustrate you enough? Can I, do, can I find somebody Huh? I'm looking. Is there a button that I can play? Boom your health. Boom your this. God's not fair. He doesn't love you. He's a mean, mean. Huh? Ding. Oh, that got him. They quit worshiping on that one. Oh, that got their attention. Man, they balled up, got mad, turned colors. Woo! Pump, 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 pump. Huh? Now I can get them out of him. They're not, they're not praising him, not worshiping. But what does it say? Seeking whom he may devour. For those of you who want to know, Colossians, the third chapter, the first verse, Paul tries to explain it. When you start seeing things, oh man, I wish I had this and I wish I had that and I wish, oh, I need this and I need that and I know we all have needs and I get it and I'm not trying to tell you not to have a new car or a new bicycle or a new truck or a new boat or a new anything but guess what? He says, when you start doing that, if you're not careful, you can get out of him. 
It's not, Lord, whatever you want me to have. Lord, what your will is what I want. I want to be healed, delivered, set free, touched, huh? And when I don't, he said, if you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Go ahead, next verse. Set your love, your heart, your affections on things above and not on the earth. Next verse. For if you are dead and your life What happens when I start getting out of him? That's when the devil can pick me off. Say, oh, pastor, I, I you know, I, I don't. I want to tell you, it was done. It was finished. It was over it is <clears throat> in John the 19th chapter in the 28th verse one of the last things that Jesus did they had already asked him he refused <clears throat> John 19 28 he had refused to take <clears throat> the things to deaden the, deaden the pain and he was on Calvary and he said after this Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, what? I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when he touched the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Another place Jesus told them, the devil has nothing on me. <clears throat> devil has nothing on me. Why? And why would he go through Calvary? Why would he do all of that so that we could realize, you know, that we can come into his presence we can we can reign we have the power uh, Acts of 10 chapter in the 38th verse not 238 but 1038 and I'll stop there I know you all have been great I, Acts 1038 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing what? And healing all that were oppressed of the. For God was with him. Here we are, 2023, and we can be a joint heir with Christ. We can do good. We can bless. We don't have to curse. We can say something. You know, and, and, and how you talk. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. And it, you're not careful. And Jesus, in fact, taught a whole lesson. I got it. I'm not going to read it. But he basically said, this tree shouldn't give forth bitter and 
good. He said, how you talk. And if the enemy can get us talking bad, we talk fear, we talk frustration, we talk anger, we talk negative. Well, not me, I know, but I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. It just doesn't seem right. And what am I doing? I'm giving place. Not speaking faith. You know what? Man, yeah, I don't like it, but you know what? I still believe God. I still believe God. I still have faith. God's still able. I don't know why. We're still here, but you know what? Maybe there's somebody else still needs to be saved. Somebody else that still needs to repent. Somebody else that, be careful because by your words, you can condemn yourself or by your words, you can be justified. Isn't that what the Bible talks about? And what is it that a snake does? Basically, it's just hiss. Until <laughs> they bite you. Make very little noise. And, <laughs> you know, <sighs> if there was ever an hour that we have to say, Lord, help us in this hour. Because I want to tell you something. And I, I know we're still on, but it's okay. I, we are living in a world now that is full of words. People put them on TikTok, Flipper, Quipper, Dipper, FaceTime, Backtime, Left Time, Right Time. Man. Huh? They're not always encouraged. And, and you, believe it or not, there are actually people that look at comments. I didn't even realize that a lot of our posts had comments. You know, church posts. I just thought, oh. And somebody said, did you see the comment by? And I'm like, oh, no. Where, that? Where were those? But people can comment. So if you've been sending me comments, I'm sorry. I haven't been. I didn't even notice that they were there. But, huh? Word, 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 word. And we all know, you know. The enemy can do what he can to keep us frustrated and tormented. Or we're going to grow up and say, you know what, Lord? You got this. You've are, you have the right to reign. And I don't care what happens. I don't care what it looks like. You're still in control. I don't care who gets elected. Who, who, I know who is still in control. There is not a principality. There is not a power. And if I stay in him, if I'm fighting every principality and power, it's time to hide from him a little bit. Get in him. Just, you know, that's where you just come and I'm just going to worship and praise. I'm going to get in him. 
I'm going to talk in tongues. I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I don't care because it's, guess what? It's not my fight. It's his fight. And he's already won. It's not even a contest. He's got a right. <laughs> Therefore, I've got a right. <laughs> as long as I'm in him, it's all right. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Let's thank him for his word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Hallelujah. Put your word in our mouth. Put your word of faith. Hallelujah. Let us activate a word of faith by quoting your word. Help us, Lord, in this hour not to give place to the devil, not to give him a word, not to give him a foothold in our mouth and in our mind and say things like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, God, give us the authority and the power in Jesus' name to speak to those things that are not as though they are. Help us, Lord, in this hour to claim victory. You are able to defeat every foe. They're already defeated. We just need to stand in your might and the might of your power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Shake hands with somebody.